Okay, guys, I've never done this before. The membership is officially on sale. From May 2nd until the 14th, in celebration of Mother's Day and to honor all of the kick-ass stepmoms in my world, you can join the exclusive stepmom community for 30% off. Just use the code MOTHERSDAY at checkout and you can get access to all things exclusive stepmom community for a lower monthly price. Now, if you aren't in the loop, members of the exclusive stepmom community get access to exclusive interviews with experts that I don't share anywhere else access to my office hours that happen twice a month, can connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world in a private forum, get access to private tell-all podcast episodes with me and my husband. Podcast episodes also include coaching calls with fellow stepmoms in the community. And in fact, you can apply for your own free coaching call as well. New this year, members also get access to monthly workshops on common stepfamily stressors. So this month's workshop was all about how to improve your relationship with your stepkids. Last month was all about how to disengage the right way. The month before was how to talk to your partner about stepfamily stress. Look, coaching and courses for stepmoms are a huge investment, but with the membership, you can get access to individualized support and coaching from me and resources that will help you tackle your stepfamily stressors head on for just 19 bucks a month. I have to tell you, I love connecting with members face-to-face in office hours When we do our Wine Wednesday webinars, you know, the energy of being able to connect with you guys is just the best. So yeah, the membership, it's on sale. Check it out, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Use the code Mother's Day and I will see you on the other side. Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. What's up, guys? Stepmoms, I think this is a conversation that many of you are going to be grateful for. We are talking about disengaging today. This is such a hot topic in the stepmom community. In fact, I feel like disengaging is kind of this like stepmom community buzzword. So when things get overwhelming or your relationships are rocky or you feel resentful, you're not being respected or if there's drama or conflict, the advice is always that you need to disengage. But it's not that simple. Disengaging isn't that simple. And I've been talking about this a lot in the exclusive stepmom community this month. When it comes to disengaging, you can disengage the right way, or you can disengage the wrong way. The goal of disengaging, in my opinion, is to improve relationships, to minimize stress, improve the vibe of your home, protect your mental health, 
But sometimes the way that stepmoms go about disengaging or the way that they view disengaging, well, it just makes shit hit the fan, to be quite honest. Like things get way worse. So that's what we are talking about today. So in this conversation, I am chatting with Lori Sims. So she is the co-founder of Nacho Kids. So get it? Like Nacho Kids, like not your kids, Nacho Kids. I know, that was clever. So Lori is a stepmom to four boys, including a set of triplets and a mom to one bio son. And she is a wife of 13 years to her husband, David. So for them to have all of those boys and be married that long, they have some good advice because I don't know if you guys have heard, but the divorce rate when it comes to second marriages, when kids are involved is pretty freaking high. So a few years into their marriage, Lori and David found themselves on the verge of divorce. So things weren't always great. Things had actually gotten unbearable. And in the parking lot of a counselor's office, things changed dramatically between the two of them. And now what is known as the Nacho Kids Method, aka Nacho Parenting, was born. So using the Nacho Kids method saved her sanity and her marriage and her blended relationships. So to help other stepmoms who were struggling in the blend, Lori and David created the Nacho Kids Academy, where they teach their method, which has become such a blended family lifesaver for thousands of stepfamilies around the world. And I'm just pumped to share it with you guys today. So we are diving into the Nacho Kids method, the misconceptions about the Nacho Kid method and all things disengaging in this episode. So let's dive in. Hello, Lori. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I am so excited to have this conversation because this is a hot topic amongst the stepmom community. So I figure the best way to start is to just dive right in to Nacho Mom and the history of Nacho Mom and how that came to be. Okay. My husband and I, we met, of course, and he has (laughs) four kids, all boys. And I had one son and we knew that blending wouldn't be easy. Oh, wait, five boys in one house? Yes. And let's just take a moment for that. (laughs) And three of them are triplets. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So hands full right off the bat. Yes. And we knew that blending wouldn't be easy. We had heard the horror stories. So we prepared, we read, we talked to people. We thought we had a good handle. Not that we thought things would be easy, but again, we had prepared. So we thought it would be easier than if we hadn't prepared. And year two, things just went to crap. There's no other way to put it. And we were on the verge of divorce. And one of the counselors that we met with before we got married, I said, let's go talk to him. And I called him and he's like, oh, I've been waiting for your call. (laughs) So we went and talked to him. And all this man kept saying to me was, Lori, they're not your kids. And I was like, duh, I know how many kids I have. But it kind of hurt my feelings because I did care about them. And I would say, well, I don't want them to grow up with bad hygiene. Lori, they're not your kids. Well, I want them to grow up and do well in school. Lori, they're not your kids. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So that's all he said to me with everything I said. We left and we were in the parking lot and I looked at David. I said, all that man said to me was, Lori, they are not your kids. And we started laughing. 
And Jamie, that's the first time that we had laughed in months. And it was like the clouds parted and the rays came down from heaven. And I was like, wait a minute, they're not my kids. I'm creating my own misery. So from that point forward, I disengaged, which is the first step of the Nacho Kids Method, to where I didn't engage with the kids in any interaction that may become negative. And some may say I went to the extremes. For instance, if the stepkids came back from their moms and I would say, hey, glad you're home, they wouldn't say anything. And it made me mad. So I quit engaging with them when they came in. Now, granted, if they said something to me, I responded. But I did not set myself up to get angry with them or put them in a situation where if they didn't respond, that I would go to David and say, your kids are rude. You need to tell them to say hey to me when I say hey to them or whatever. And I disengaged fully for about a year. And during that time, I also did a lot of changed my thinking on things, self-reflection, realizing that I was part of the problem, which was not easy, by the way. Mm -hmm. And changing my perspective because I was so wrapped up in how I was hurting and I was struggling in this blend, I didn't see that David and the kids were too. Mm-hmm. And I think... And that's true. Yeah. yeah. We get so caught up in our own experience that we forget to see what everyone else is experiencing as well. Right. And honestly, at some point, I don't think I would have even cared what they were going through because the stress had gotten to me so bad that they thought I had pancreatic cancer. I had lost so much weight. Don't worry, I've gained it all back plus some. But (laughs) I had lost so much weight and I was so sick. Like taking a shower just exhausted me. It took all of my energy and it was stress. Yeah. What did that year look like? So before you went to that counselor, like what were the major issues? Because a lot of stepmoms in my community, you know, I can only speak from coming in as a stepmom and there being three kids and then we had a baby of our own. I didn't bring any kids into the mix. And a lot of stepmoms are looking for support when each one of you brings kids in. Right. And I'm assuming there were differences in rules and expectations and with kids living in the same home. Yes, definitely. So my son was five years younger than the triplets. So a lot of the expectations I had for them, I didn't have for my son at the time because of the age difference. You don't expect a five-year-old to do their laundry, for instance. A lot of the issues we had were the fact of I would ask them to do something and they wouldn't do it. And of course, that just made me mad. Even something as simple as, hey, it's time to get ready for bed, go brush your teeth. And they would just ignore me. They wouldn't really talk back. They might just go, ugh, something like that. And so, of course, that made me go to David. And I'm like, I told them to brush their teeth and they're not listening to me. So it put him in the middle. Also, with my son, of course, I felt like that they treated him like the redheaded stepchild. That was one of our big issues because they left him out of so much. I remember David had this ceramic Christmas tree that we call David's kids the brothers. And the brothers were decorating it. And Jackson wanted to participate. And one of the kids looked at him and said, no, this is ours. You don't belong here. Mm. That will rip your heart out as a mom. Yeah. But kids are resilient. 
because 15 minutes later, my son's still wanting to play with them. And I'm mad. I'm thinking, how can you be nice to them? They were just mean to you. But again, kids just kind of, you know, push things to the side or let things go a little easier than we do. One of the things we had an issue with was the in-laws. My mother-in-law would come over here and baby the brothers, clean up their room for them, cook for them, do their laundry, all this stuff. So they had no responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And it was also kind of intrusive that she was coming into my home doing these things. Yeah, no kidding. Yes. (laughs) Luckily, we never really had an issue with the bedtimes because my son... God love him, has always been one, come about nine o'clock, he's going to bed. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to tell him. He's like, good night. So the kids staying up till 10 was not an issue because he would just go to bed on his own. One of the other things we had a problem with was cooking. I do not enjoy cooking. Me neither, girl. Me neither. (laughs) I would do takeout or eat a waffle any day besides cook. And I haven't figured out if it's the cooking or the cleaning part, but anyway... The kids would complain, David's kids would complain about supper. And if you don't like cooking and you've got somebody complaining about it, that just adds to the stress. And so I told David, I said, I'm done. You start cooking when your kids are here. And he did because he knew that it was not a pleasant situation. Um, Another instance before nachoing we would sit at the table and say we were eating spaghetti. The stepkids would slurp spaghetti. I'm talking hitting ear to ear, sauce slinging everywhere. And it drove me bonkers. Before nachoing, I would say, David, do you not see them slurping their spaghetti or hear it? And after nachoing, I would just get up and walk away from the table. Mm-hmm. Or I knew if we were having spaghetti that Lori was not sitting there with them. Yeah, I had to remove myself from any situation that caused me stress or that were triggers for me because I had to figure out how to either avoid those triggers or how to deal with them in a better way. Yeah. And so you guys decide you don't have the conversation in the parking lot. You're laughing. And mm-hmm. what was the transition into not chewing light? Because I anticipate you leave that counselor's office and you're still kind of like, well, yeah, they're not my kids, but they're in my freaking house. Like, how how do I do this? Yeah. I watched a lot of House Hunters International. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding you when I say that I wanted to go sell goat cheese on the side of a mountain and live in a shed with no electricity and water because that seemed more appealing to the relationship we had. Yeah. That's funny. So that tells you something. <laughs> yeah. But when they would come in, Again, I just, I wouldn't engage unless they spoke to me first. I spent a lot of time doing things that I enjoyed and letting David spend time with his kids. What really sucked about that was I didn't have as much time with my son because, again, he wanted to hang out with the brothers. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day that I was sitting in the bedroom. I guess I'd been nachoing about six months at this point or disengaging at for about six months, and I heard everybody laughing. And I'm thinking, oh, must be nice to be having a jolly good time. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Lori, you are more than welcome to go in there. Nothing's stopping you. So I got up and I went in there and hung out with them for probably five, 10 minutes. 
And it didn't take long. You know, with four stepkids, somebody's going to do something wrong pretty quickly. (laughs) And one of them said something, and I thought David should address it, and he didn't. So I just said, okay. And I walked back to the bedroom. And it was freeing to not let those things get to me. It was freeing for our marriage, for me not to argue with David about what his kids did or didn't do. And I had to let him parent how he saw fit, regardless of what I thought about it, because they were not my kids. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Jamie, if they did ask me something like, can you help me with my homework? Of course I helped them. Yeah. Or if they said, can you get my favorite cereal at the grocery store? Of course. I wasn't mean to them. There's a difference between disengaging with someone and ignoring them. Yeah. And I think that's the big misconception too, right? When it comes to disengaging as a stepmom. Yes. It's not this whole, you know, you're not doing things the way that I want you to do it. So screw you. I'm out. Right? right. Like it's not out of spite. It's it's to improve relationships, to improve the vibe of your home, to make things better, not make things worse. Exactly. And it takes time. You don't get in this mess overnight. And that's why it took us a year before I started reengaging because we all needed to heal. We were in a very, very bad place. Mm-hmm. And then once I started reengaging, I had to do so slowly. I had to take their lead with things. Yeah. So what did that look like? It was interesting. <laughs> Say, for instance, one of the stepkids, he liked Shark Tank. And so we would watch Shark Tank together and talk about it. That's how we started reengaging. One of the other stepkids liked Live PD. So we would talk about the Live PD shows or whatever. Just something that... I could find in common with them to bridge that gap a little bit, but I didn't push it. So for instance, if I was going somewhere, I might say, Hey, anybody want to go with me to the grocery store? First of all, if they said no, I did not get my feelings hurt. But secondly, I did that to give them the opportunity to show me where I was with the re-engaging process and where they were. You have to let those bonds form naturally And that's where we screwed up. We tried to push this nuclear family ideology onto these kids. And I think that's the big thing too, right? You know, the, everyone expects their step family to function like a first family. And yes, that's just not the, it's just not the case for so many situations. Right. And we have to allow ourselves to grieve that. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Now, when you decided to take a step back from your stepkids, how did David respond? Oh, he loved it. Oh, the he kids did? loved it. Yes. He was ecstatic. David didn't mind being dad. Yeah. But of course, he says that where he made the mistake was he tried to pluck his ex out of the picture and put me in. Mm-hmm. That was fine from the wife aspect, but not as the mother to his kids. So in the beginning, he wanted everybody to have dinner together. Well, I told you how that went after a while. And he felt that was very important. Well, he realized it's more important for the stress in the home to be lower than for everybody to have dinner together. Mm -hmm. There were times that he would say, hey, so-and-so struggling with their math, you know, do you mind helping them? 
And I'd say, no, of course not. But I would also say, but if they start ignoring me or get an attitude, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, do they and want me to help them? Do they want right. that? Right. So he would go, he would go in there and ask them, you know, I don't know how to do this. Lori does. Do you want her to help you? And they would say yes. And I would explain to them too. I will help you as long as you are paying attention. If you ignore me or get an attitude, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So usually 15, 20 minutes in, I'd say, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Now, are there any other places where you feel like people go wrong when it comes to not chewing? Oh, honey. <laughs> Join my Facebook group. You can find plenty of examples of that. I need to stay we, out of the Facebook groups. I shut mine down. It was just like the wild, wild west in there. Hey, mine's the same way. <laughs> oh, frig. <laughs> I could not handle it anymore. It was just getting it was getting to be just too negative. I couldn't I couldn't handle it. You know, I've thought about shutting mine down several times, but I'll be honest with you, it never fails as soon as I think about shutting it down because, like you said, the negativity and it's just it's draining. Mm-hmm. And it never fails that somebody will message me and tell me that the group helped save their relationships. Yeah. And, you know, when we created the Facebook group, it was actually with the intentions of teaching people how to nacho properly. Because, again, everybody thinks it's just disengaging. And it's not. There's so much more to it. But we realized quickly that you cannot teach people in a Facebook group. So that's why we started the Nacho Kids Academy, where people that truly want help and don't just want to vent, can join and we can guide them through the process. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. And I think that's very true, especially when it comes to those Facebook groups. You know, you can say, you can spit out all the information you want, but people will often take what works for them, right? right. And what feels okay, because it can be really, really uncomfortable to disengage and then take the time to really dive into yourself and be like, okay, how am I contributing to this? Like what, why are, why are these triggers triggering me so much? Like, what is this really about? Right. That's where the real work begins when it comes to, you know, thriving as a stepmom. It's, you can disengage, but then what are you going to do? Like there, there's a next step. Right. And to go back to your previous question, and then we'll talk about that is, for instance, we had one lady that she would cut the power off when the stepkids were there by themselves because she didn't want them playing games. Brutal. What is wrong with you, lady? Yeah. That's extreme. You know, like you said, it's not being petty. It's not out of spite. It's out of love. And it may not be love for your stepkids, but it's love for your husband or your spouse. Mm -hmm. We had one lady that she just decided one morning to tell her husband, I know I've been taking your kids to school for the last three years, but I heard about this thing called Nacho, so good luck. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, (laughs) that's not how you do it. If you've been taking care of the kids, you need to give your significant other notice and give them time to figure out an alternative way to to make these things happen. Yeah, you know, I have a workshop that I just released about disengaging in my membership. And one of the things I talk about is, you know, you need to remember that your partner is still your partner in life. Right. So this isn't just like screwing them over, not my kids, not my problem. Like there are sometimes exceptions where, you know, they're in a jam and this isn't what happens every single time, but you can, you know, change your tune and help them out if something 
comes up. Like it, it, it isn't so black and white, the disengaging piece. Like you are still doing life together. Right. And maybe it's not for your stepkids. Maybe you're taking that step back from your stepkids, but you still want to be a supportive partner. Exactly. You want to be your significant other's biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times they'll say, well, what should I do? And you tell them and then they get defensive because nobody likes anybody talking about their kids. Mm-hmm. My response to that is I'm sure you will make the best decision as their parent, mm-hmm. even though I may not agree with it. That's okay. I'm sure there's things that David doesn't agree with my parenting. And I'll tell you something else that I realized, Jamie, is a lot of the expectations I had for my stepkids at certain ages, I don't have those same expectations for my son. Oh my gosh. I am so glad you said that because I am the exact same way. So Reese is younger than my stepkids. And I was definitely harder and had different expectations of them than I do of her at the same age. Right. Yeah. It's funny. And I think there's part of it, like part of it's, I didn't know, right. I I didn't have any experience with kids that age. I didn't know. Like to me, I just, I remember when I first became a stepmom, I could not figure out why you had to tell a kid something more than once. I was just like, why are you not listening? Like I, I literally already said that. Why do I, why do I have to say that again? I didn't know that parenting is saying the same thing over and over again for 18 years, right? right. Like I just <laughs> didn't understand. I had all these expectations of them. And now I think, you know, when you have a child from birth and you can go through those stages, you see what's age appropriate and what's normal. And you're also so much more forgiving. Yes. I know. I remember fussing because David's kids were like 14 or 13 and he was fixing their breakfast. I'm like, what are you doing? They're 13 Mm -hmm. years old. They can fix their own breakfast. Well, when Jackson turned 13, I'm like, what you want for breakfast, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Or them leaving crap around. So say for instance, you walk in and the stepkid left their cereal bowl on the table. Oh my gosh, that can light a fire up under your butt like nothing else. But, yeah. but your kid does it, and it's like, oh, sweet baby, must have been in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've actually been, I've caught myself doing that a couple times. So I have three stepkids, and I have a different relationship with every stepchild. Yes. Just based on the time they came in, like the time I came into their life. You know, my youngest stepson, he was five when I first came, and he was just like, oh, I remember exactly what he looked like when I saw him. Like, he's been this like squishy baby. I just, like, I could just cry thinking that he's now 15. Mm -hmm. Like it just makes me so sad. And it actually became an issue in our marriage. And, you know, his mom said to me, you know, he can do wrong because I would probably be harder on my middle stepson because our relationship wasn't the same than I was on him unknowingly. Like you don't realize you're doing it, right? but it's, it's interesting how your relationship to a child can impact the how you respond to those little things. Like they both at age 14 leave their room disgusting. Mm-hmm. But my middle stepson got a way harder time for a period of time when he was 14 than my youngest. Right. And it's okay to have those different dynamics and relationships with them. You know, mm-hmm. one thing nachoing allowed me to do was to build relationships with my stepkids. And that's really the goal. But I get that some people have no desire to have relationships with their stepkids. 
And I, we've seen extreme stepkids trying to poison the step parents, crazy stuff. Wait, what? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you must have shut your Facebook group down too quick. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got to the point where I wasn't reading, I wasn't reading the posts. But yeah, there are definitely some extreme situations then, eh? Yeah, and one girl or one lady, her stepdaughter put her mom's underwear in her dad's dash. Just planted it. Uh huh. Just planted it, and then happened to say, "Oh, stepmom, can you go out to my dad's car and get whatever?" Yeah. They're crazy. Wow. Not all kids yeah. are sweet and innocent. I want to tell you about Stepmom Magazine. When I first became a stepmom, I always struggled to resonate with the support out there. There was just this huge double standard. Moms were encouraged to keep it real and stepmoms were judged for doing the same. And amongst the overwhelming amount of resources for moms, there really wasn't much for stepmoms. That resonated with me, at least. Except for Stepmom Magazine, that is. In fact, almost 10 years in, Stepmom Magazine is the only resource that I revisit time and time again. So Stepmom Magazine is a monthly online publication for any woman who's dating, living with, or married to someone with kids. The articles are written by all the leading stepfamily therapists and coaches, and the support is second to none. Stepmom Magazine has tons of information on topics like co-parenting and dealing with stepkids and dealing with the ex and disengaging and raising teenagers and being a full-time stepmom and having an ours baby. They cover it all. If you're a stepmom listening to this podcast, you need to check them out. And you can use the code JAMIE20 and you'll save 20% off anything and everything in their online store. So that's all subscriptions, back issues, and stepmom eBooks. This magazine is the longest standing, highly regarded stepmom resource for a reason. Go to stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 and save 20%. A huge priority for me over the last year or so has been my sleep. My bedtime routine is something that I'm trying really hard to be deliberate about because I know that when I get off the screens or read a book or journal and have a hot drink before bed, I sleep way better. I've also learned the difference that great sheets can make. A few months back, we got the bamboo sheets from Cozy Earth. We got the sheet set and the duvet cover, and guys, I can't even. They blew my mind and are by far the softest, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept in. And I get hot at night and regularly get the night sweats, and these sheets are temperature regulating, which is perfect because it helps keep me cool. Certified free of harmful chemicals, easy to wash, won't pill, and have a 10-year warranty, I cannot recommend these bamboo sheets enough. And of course, I have a code for you, so you can use the code JAMIES40 for 40% off. Yes, 40%. Investing in good sheets makes such a huge difference in your sleep. And when you get good sleep, you show up as a better version of yourself in the morning. You deserve it, and the people in your life deserve it. And seriously, they're just so soft. So Jamie S40 for 40% off. You can go to Cozy Earth's website or jamiescrimger.com forward slash Cozy Earth and use the code and you'll be good to go. Sidebar, Cozy Earth also has the bamboo jogger set that I'm always posting about on Instagram. Also so freaking comfortable. Highly, highly recommend. It's so interesting, right? Because I think online we're like, oh, the high conflict ex or, you know, the crappy step kid or the rebellious step kid. And I think it's really important to understand 
you know, it's not always the ex who is the issue. Mm-hmm. It's not always the stepmom who's the issue. Like these dynamics, like there is really no one size fits all approach. Sometimes, you know, you're dealing with a really crazy ex. And there's a lot of times when I think the stepmoms are a huge part of the issue. And I know cue angry emails coming to me about that, but I think it's really important for us as stepmoms to check ourselves and say, okay, you know, am I considering other people's perspectives right now? Like, am I being empathetic to everyone's, you know, situation? Am I, do I have unrealistic expectations? Mm -hmm. How am I contributing to the conflict? Right. And even if you don't start it, you can be playing a role. Yes. And like you said, that's not easy to deal with. Nobody wants to think they're part of the issue. And I've actually gotten hate mail saying, how dare you let David say that you were part of the issue? I was. Mm -hmm. I was a big part of the issue. Things were running smoothly till Lori came in the picture. (laughs) And Lori came in. Well, things do run smoothly when the dads are running the show, right? It's like a freaking free for all. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The couch is now a trampoline. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bedtime, what bedtime? Yeah. But- The thing about it is, if you are struggling in your blend, and you love your significant other, and you want this relationship to work, you will open your mind to everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not showing was a last-ditch effort to save our marriage. And if I would have been closed-minded to it, it we wouldn't be together. Honestly, if I wouldn't have sold my house that I had before we got married, I probably would have left before we even went to the counselor. We were that close to splitting up. It was bad. Mm -hmm. And once you realize, wait a minute, I can see that I am part of the problem. You have two choices. One, you can wallow in self-pity. Oh, I'm a bad person. I suck as a step parent. You know, the world would be better without me kind of thing. Or you can say, oh, that's great news because I can change myself. And it's not Mm -hmm. that anything's necessarily wrong with you. It's just, it's not working. Things have to change. And if we could kick back into the way we were when we were dating these people, we wouldn't have these issues. I didn't Mm -hmm. come in telling David first day we met, you need to make your kids do this. You need to make your kids do that. We probably wouldn't have had a second date if I would have. (laughs) And the same thing with the stepkids, you know, they didn't ask for another parent. They've got two. And in our case, they had uh, the mother-in-law too, so we can add her in. <laughs> but they want everybody to be happy and they want things to work. But then you come in and all of a sudden the bedtime changes. They have to eat broccoli. All this stuff happens and they know it came from you. So there's resentment of you came in and you changed my dad, you changed my bedtime, you changed, you know, our restrictions. Instead of 15 minutes, no PlayStation, we get two hours, no PlayStation. You know, all these Mm -hmm. changes, and they know they come from you. Yeah. And it's not Not that David was a bad dad. And I remember when we were dating, I thought he was an amazing dad. I mean, how many dads had their kids 11 out of 14 days? That was kind of rare, you know, back in the day. And I remember thinking his kids are well-behaved when they're in public and all this stuff. He's a great dad. Well, when we got married, all of a sudden, he wasn't such a good dad. What changed? My perception. Mm -hmm. Now, you said that some of your mindset 
around being a stepmom changed when you disengaged. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, a lot of it was just not realizing how much the kids were struggling in the blend. You know, the yes, they had already been going back and forth to the other parent, but here I come in changing things in the house that they just weren't ready for. You know, they're not ready for you to take down their mom's stuff that she had up. They're not ready for you to take time away from them because their dad's with you. I think we get so caught up in kids being resilient and they need to be respectful to adults and they need to just go with the flow and follow the rules that we forget that their world's been rocked and they did not choose to have parents who got divorced. They did not choose this new stepmom coming in. They didn't choose any of these things. And there's a lot of pressure put on them to just go with the flow and be resilient when they ha- they we talk about as stepmoms having no control of our lives, like these kids are just being tossed back and forth between two homes, two different sets of rules and expectations. Like even if you're aligned, it's never going to be the same in two houses. Right. And we just expect them to go with it and not have any big feelings about it. Yeah. And like you said, we don't know how to deal with this, but we expect them to. Yeah. I also realized that I was spending a lot of time that I could spend with my son focused on the stepkids and what they were doing wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like I was just hell-bent that I wanted David to see his kids were not perfect. It's not that he didn't see it. Just certain things didn't bother him like they did me. If they ran around the house, he didn't care. I did. Mm-hmm. Are you more introverted than him? Yes. Yeah. So that's been something I've been really thinking about because I'm a very introverted person. I like quiet. I don't like running around. Like Mm -hmm. kids wrestling in the basement for hours on end is just like, oh, so much noise, right? I really like when things are quiet. Yes. And I used to think it was a step family issue. I used to think it was like me having issues with my stepkids and my partner, but I gave birth to a very extroverted daughter. (laughs) And it is not a step family issue. It is a personality issue and just me needing to really nurture myself and, and give myself what I need because I am such an introverted person mm-hmm. and do require that rest. And it's just interesting looking back how many things at the beginning I thought were because we were in a step family when really they were just personality differences or family differences and just like regular struggles that come up in any type of relationship. Yeah, and we see that a lot too, where you do have normal issues, the normal teenage issues, for example, but they have to be handled differently because it's a blend. Like if your daughter's off the chain, you can say, hey, calm your butt down. Mm -hmm. Well, depending on where you are in your blend, you could say that to your stepkids and they run and tell your bio mom or the in-laws, Lori hollered at me. And tell your partner, Lori hollered at me, and then your partner's mad because you hollered at their kid, and all you Mm -hmm. wanted was peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. It's just you you have to handle things. And I don't want to say like you're walking on eggshells because I hate that phrase, but I did go through that phase where you feel like you can't say anything. You know what? Sometimes you can't. (laughs) You just can't. And we well, try you can, to con- but then shit hits the fan, right? Like right. you can, but like that's what the problem is. Right. 
And we try to control things that we have no control over. And once we realize the ultimate control is how we let things affect us, that's where the power is. Mm -hmm. I've applied the nacho method to my whole life. And we have a lady in the academy. She's like, it's a way of life for me. And people laugh because I say, I nacho Walmart. It causes me stress. (laughs) I nacho Costco. Yeah. So I don't have to deal with these things that cause me stress. I find a way to either avoid them or deal with them better. For instance, if I do have to go to Walmart, I go when it's not busy. If I pull in the parking lot and there's a hundred cars and it looks like Christmas, I'm done. I'm not even going in. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, like the in-laws, they'll try to suck you in. So you have to be careful with this. They'll say, oh, so how's so-and-so doing in school? Well, if you say, well, he's struggling in chemistry, the next thing you know is Lori said he was dumb. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. And I think you have to read the room and get like really clear on like the type of relationships that you have with people. Yes. And stop expecting anything different, right? right. Like, I think for stepmoms, it's really hard because we come in and we have this perspective that we're going to have these relationships and that this is what it's going to look like. And then when that doesn't happen, We get our feelings hurt, which is very Mm -hmm. natural, but then we continue to put ourselves in those situations over and over and over again. So you have an in-law who, if like your mother-in-law is continuing to twist your words and and say that you're saying bad things, well, then maybe you need to not have those conversations with her anymore. Like you Mm -hmm. can only put yourself in the same situation so many times before you have to say, okay, well, you know, I, I take responsibility for being here and doing this again. Like, why am I expecting anything different? They've shown me time and time again that this is how it's going to be. Yeah. It's the definition of insanity. Totally. Literally. (laughs) So now with the in-law, you know, mother-in-law especially, if she asks me anything, I'm saying, I I don't know. You'll have to ask David. Yeah. That's my go-to. And same thing with the stepkids. When you're disengaging and you don't want to have that negative interaction with them, if they ask you something, go ask your dad. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, did you communicate with them that you were disengaging? Like, was it like, okay, Lori's taking a step back, um, or was it you just did it? I just did it. Right. The kids did notice fairly quickly that Lori's not around as much. I remember one of them, we actually have had three of the kids on our podcast, and one of them said that it's not that he really noticed a big change, but one day Mama said, so how are things going with Lori? And he said, you know, pretty good. And that's when he was like, wait a minute, something's changed. Mm -hmm. And he said, not that he didn't realize that the stress in the home had decreased greatly, but he didn't pay that much attention to it. And so that shows you that it wasn't as dramatic as some people seem to think it is, where the kids come in and you're like, I'm not doing anything for you. I'm not showing you, you know, if you go to get ran over by a car, I'm not stopping the car, <laughs> yeah. you know. But one thing that he also said, and this was so important to me, it I swear it touched my heart. Now, Branson was the ringleader of the burn Lori at the stake. Get her out of the house. <laughs> he that was would, like my role as a kid growing up. <laughs> oh, that was you. <laughs> yeah, that was me. So he would even call David and say, Has she gone yet? Has she moved out yet? Because I'm not coming back. And Mm -hmm. this child, when we interviewed him, 
David said, so what would you consider your relationship like with Lori since she nachoed and all this stuff? He said, a best friend. Aw. Girl, that was like winning the lottery. Yeah. And I love my stepkids. And I loved them before Nacho. No, I know you can hate and love things at the same time because I've experienced that as well. But you hate their behavior. You don't hate them. And then once you realize they're only doing what they're allowed to do, then sometimes that focus shifts on, well, my husband's a crappy parent. Well, some of them may be. We know that. But it's just because he doesn't parent like you think he should does not mean he's a crappy parent. And I guarantee you, you didn't meet this man and say, I just fell in love with him because of the way he parents his kids. Yeah. So why would you fall out of love with him? Because he doesn't discipline little Johnny like you think he should. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. Now, the last thing I really want to touch on, because I do think this is important, because you know, I think we both talk about this is there's really no one size fits all approach. Like there are blended families that blend well and, you know, the stepmom plays a role in discipline and maybe she never needs to disengage or maybe she's best friends with the ex or like whatever the situation is. And I think that's the big message for stepmoms. Like I don't want anyone listening to this episode who is super active in their stepkids' lives and it's working to be like, you know what? I have to, I have to not show, I have to disengage. Like that's the right thing to do for all stepmoms. No, Because no. it's not like there's just a spectrum of the involvement that a stepmom can have. Right. And if it doesn't cause her stress, have at it. Yeah. If it's working. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important because that's, that's the big thing even in the stepmom space, right? It's really hard to write content and, and share things. There's, there's no, like, this is how you do it. This is how you have to do it because there's so many different moving pieces and so many different dynamics to consider. And it's, well, I don't think that any step family is alike. Right. And it's not showing is almost counterintuitive because it's not what we were raised to think a step parent does. You know, back in the day, somebody died, somebody remarried. That's the stepmom. They become the mom. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really how it is today. Yeah. And th- so there's a lot of changes that society needs to realize to not put these pressures on step parents, whether it's to blend and have the rainbow and unicorn family, or it's okay to disengage and nacho if you need that. If you're struggling, why not give it a try? That's my point. Yeah, because at this point, right, <laughs> you got to do something. Something has to change. Right. And nobody should live their life being miserable. No, no one should. <laughs> and the kids pick up on that. For sure. And it's the vibe of the home. Like I'm all about what do you want your kids to remember when they look back on their childhood? And I think that's really great with your stepson, right? He looks back and he's like, yeah, like we really have a great relationship. I bet you he never thought he was going to say that, you know, at a certain point in his childhood. No, I never thought that he would say that. Right. And you can look back with an adult perspective. And I think that's what's most important. And, you know, like you said, every step family is different. Mm-hmm. You have an hours baby. We don't. We have a mm-hmm. doctor that is like our hours baby. But that changes your dynamics. Mm-hmm. And it does. I, I've seen it where the hours baby is like, well, why don't I get two Christmases? Why don't I get yeah. two birthdays? 
Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And and we try to make things fair between our kids and you can't. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. And we often say like sometimes fair isn't equal. Right. And we're we're big on that with the kids. But you know, there's a lot of step family coaches, stepmom coaches, step dad coaches out there. And like you said, there's no one size that fits all. We're not saying that nachoing is for everybody. But if you are struggling in your blend, you owe it to your relationship to try to get help and save it because the probability of you leaving that blend and ending up in another one is very, very high. (laughs) And you bring the same problems along with you, right? Yes. If you don't deal with your stuff, you're going to just bring it from relationship to relationship. Yeah. And it's easy to do that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, thank you Mm -hmm. so much, Lori. This has been so great. I'm glad we were finally able to chat. Now, where can everyone find you? Podcast, the Academy, all the things. The podcast is Nacho Kids Blended Family Lifesaver. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can go to nachokids.com slash podcast. The website is nachokids.com. The Academy is nachokidsacademy.com. Instagram is Nacho Kids, and I think that's about it. Facebook, there's a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Which is like the wild, wild west. <laughs> yes, join the Facebook group, also known as the Island of Mif- Misfit Step Parents, <laughs> at your own risk, because there's a lot of non-Nacho advice in there, and we try to find it and stop it, but it's like being ran over by 20,000 yeah. people. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. We'll send everyone your way. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to do this again. Yes. Sounds great. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you are craving more talk and support on disengaging, I do invite you to come on over to the exclusive Stepmom community, which is my membership for stepmoms. Each month in the community, I release a workshop on a hot step family struggle. And this month, the workshop is all about disengaging. So I walk you through how to disengage in your step family life, how to assess where you need to disengage, how to communicate your intention to disengage to your partner, the ex, your stepkids, what you can expect when you disengage. I also share a little bit about what disengaging has looked like for me and our step family life and how it's really helped improve the vibe of our home. Members get access to these workshops every month and also get access to Next Level Podcasts. You can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms, get access to my office hours and the private forum where I provide coaching and support when you need it. Just lots of fun stuff happening in that space. So to get all the details and to join, head to jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. And remember for the month of May, the membership is on sale for the first time ever. So you can use the code Mother's Day at checkout to lock in at 30% off the monthly membership. And yeah, when you join, be sure to head to the forum and introduce yourself so that we can connect. I'll see you in there.